Welcome back to the Morning Grind. Dean, once again with you. Today, we're talking golf before we get into our guests, before we get into uh, the actual golf content as far as the Million Dollar Contest this week going down in DK. Do you want to mention we are celebrating our 10-year anniversary here at Rotor Grinders. I'm part of that celebration. Uh, we're giving away some free stuff. Good times. Uh, the PGA lineup HQ is free this week. Uh, you can build, I believe you can build up to 150 lineups in a free roll that's uh, going to be on FanDuel as well, which is 5K as well too. So uh, build those lineups, have added as far as lineup HQ, figure out how that works. And well, how does the lineup HQ feature work? How do I build 150 lineups? This is what you do. You watch the PGA build show, which is also free. I believe this week it's featuring uh, Tambo and SDL cards. Have at it. Good times. Uh, get a good feel. Get a good read as far as uh, – and, and uh, I know very little about golf, and I watch these shows, and they uh, just give me a good grasp as far as what's going on. And one of the people that have helped me with that, uh, number 13 rank overall here at Rotor Riders, PGA specific. It's TG, TJL5124. It's TJ Lacey. TJ, what's going on, dude? And a long introduction. I apologize for making you wait, but got to get the uh, information out to the people. Absolutely. Yeah. 10 years is, is a big deal. Happy to be back on the show with you here. Looking forward to another weekend of PGA DFS, playing the same course back-to-back, which is, I'm sure as everyone's talking about, a unique situation, but excited to get into it here. Return of Tiger, so good stuff ahead. Yeah, we're going to run it back. They're doing a little bit of tinkering as well, too, as far as the course. Uh, we'll dig into that in a second. Do want to mention also, speaking of free shows, and this is always free, right? Yourself and Tambo, I believe you guys are always on YouTube with a lineup review basically talking about what happened in the previous week, uh, you know, dissecting winning lineups. And I guess your lineups as well, too, I suppose. Well, I'm just guessing. I didn't watch it. You tell me. Well, what happened uh, on your show with Tambo that's on, on YouTube? Correct. Yeah, this was the first week that we did it. We'll be doing it every Monday going forward. Do just a little bit of a look back on the previous week. We'll go through some of the big contests. We talk about the Millie Maker winner, talk about their lineup, the construction, kind of try to, to do a reverse engineering of what that person may have thinking, talking about ownership. And then we'll go through some of the others. We'll go through the $5, the, the 555, the 3K. So get a little bit, hit each of the different stakes, talk through the winning lineups, talk about the person that won and not just their winning lineup, but also you know, how many entries total they had into the tournament and that kind of thing. So pretty, pretty fun show. And I think reviewing the process is an important part of any winning DFS player. Do you learn anything from that? I'm sure you, you know, obviously you're a sharp guy, you know, this really well, but you probably gained some information by digging into that as well. And uh, what, what did you learn the last week? And also how did last week go for you? Yeah, there's, there's always something to learn, I guess. First off, not the best week for me last week. I, my main lineup only got three or six guys through the cut, which is never, never going to end up in profit. So had a, you sent out three tweets, right? Three angry tweets. (laughs) Yep, three angry tweets at, at each of the golfers, of course. <laughs> we were talking about Max Homa before the show and, and the tweet that he had sent out. So he was he was one of my one of my guys in my main lineup that missed the cut. But yeah, the, the lineup review process definitely interesting. I think one of the things we talk about is the as you get into the different buy-in levels and the different number of people in the field, you see the the Millie Maker lineup, for example, how much more off the board it is. I think they had like a 0.7% owned Charlie Hoffman in that lineup versus when you look at the the winning lineups in like the 555 and the 3K, it's a much more like, okay, yeah, I could have, I could see myself making that lineup and, and there's not as many off the board plays. So just talk about different strategies for different tournaments, different buy-in levels, field size. It's a good, good time. 
It was, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, it was a, a single bullet, right? The one that they make this week? Yes. Yep. Single bullet. So that's amazing. 20 bucks <laughs> and a million dollars. That's uh, that's pretty awesome. And they're running it back as far as the course, which we'll talk about in a second. And of course, they're running it back on DK as well. Uh, $3 million total prize pool, $1 million up top. Uh, so by my UCF math, that's like what, 33% of the prize pool in first. Uh, I, I think we've talked about this previously. I'm fairly certain you're not somebody that's going to be firing at that a ton. Maybe you'll throw your one main lineup in there. And it was interesting because I was watching uh, last week, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe I made this up. I have no idea. You were on the, the build show last week with Tambo and you guys built 150 lineups. And that was kind of taking your yourself out of your comfort zone. Because that's not what you do, but I'm sure, you know, just doing the process, it was interesting for you. And uh, again, that's free this week. That's cards and Tambo. And they always reference cards and they say, he's got a completely different strategy as well, too. I think he has a bigger pool of golfers. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. But uh, is that interesting? That, like two different perspectives. You guys both, you know, are successful, but in two completely different ways. Yeah, it was interesting for sure. Like I think I've talked about in the past with you, not, not an MME guy. So it was interesting to go through that pool. And then we have Tambo who also very successful player in his own right, but he's completely an MME guy and puts a lot more players into his pool and cards is actually the opposite. So cards, I believe is like a 20 to 30 players in his entire pool kind of guy just picks the guys he likes, really takes a stand on them and tries to have as many combinations of, of his pool as possible. Whereas Tambo is more take a sprinkle of everyone here and there. Of course, he's taking some people and, and full fading them, but a lot more. It's it just, it's very interesting. I mean, when it comes to MME, there's so many different ways that you can go about it. I, I talked a little bit about how if I were to MME, my strategy would probably be to pick maybe three or four guys that I really like and go way overweight on them put like, you know, 60% of my lineups having having these three or four guys in and hoping that if those three or five, four guys hit, then I have the right pieces around them. So it's an interesting conversation to have, even if I wasn't going to be MMEing myself personally. That's basically what I did last week. I made 12 to 14 lineups and I had three or four, maybe five guys where I put at least 50%. Uh, I didn't hit a lock button anybody, but, uh, you know, and in the hopes of like, if those guys all work, then you're going to have the right combination around them. Of course, I'm not making 150. I'm not firing completely, but, uh, you know, and I, I hand build them as well, too. And I'm still learning. I'm still figuring out golf. The, by, by no means, take my golf advice for what it's worth. But uh, who's going to win out, by the way? Because those those two guys have two distinctly different strategies, Cards and uh, and Tambo. And, well, Tambo's got control of the button, so I guess he's going to win as far as the build, right? Cards will, will get shut down. It'll be interesting watching their clash of strategies. Yeah, I guess at the end of the day, Tambo gets the, the final say on clicking the buttons. But I think it'll be a really interesting show. I, I certainly will be tuning in. I mean, even if you're not planning to MME, it's still interesting to hear the thought process because whatever tournaments you're playing, most likely there's going to be some people that are, are MMEing that tournament. So I, th- I think it's just, you know, it's important to understand all of the different mindsets and how all of the different types of players are approaching a given week and then use that information to best fit your own personal strategy. All right, enough nonsense. Let's dig into uh, let's dig into what's going on as far as this contest this week. And like we said, they're running it back. It's the same course with some tinkering. Uh, what do we know about the tinkering, and who does the tinkering uh, benefit, and who does it potentially hurt, depending on skill set? So back at the same course again this week, as we talked about, the two primary tinkers course-wise is that they're going to be growing out the rough a bit. So I don't know how much it, it really grows out over the course of you know, three or four days, but the rough will be more, more penalizing. So as a result of that, 
staying in the fairway just becomes even more important than it was last week. Want guys that are going to be accurate off the tee. And then the second item is the greens are going to be rolling faster. So that, you know, we'll just have, I think the, the bad putters have an easier time on the slower greens. So, so maybe putting becomes a little bit more important, but also I think with, with the rough going up, that will also create potentially a little bit more scrambling around the greens because when people are not hitting fairways, it's going to be a little bit more difficult to hit those greens. And so they will be in more situations where they have to work on that short game around the green. So maybe just, I think it's the same theme as last week in terms of targeting ball strikers first and foremost, but maybe some around the green type stuff becomes a little bit more impactful this weekend. If I remember our conversation last week, you like the ball strikers and you like the guys that uh, you want to get in the right side of variance of, of putting. Uh, and how does that affect, um, you know, is, is, that, is that something where we're embracing variance more when it comes to the putters that are just sort of uh, all over the place and hoping like they get in the right side of it? Yeah, I think last week's actually a perfect example. The winner, Colin Morikawa, is one of those classic ball strikers that can't putt. And you look at his stats from last week, he gained – Per usual, 12 and a half strokes tee to green, but then he also gained 4.7 strokes putting. So when you have a ball striker like that, that typically can't putt, he has a week where he spikes with the putter. There you go. He takes it down for that number one spot. So maybe he doesn't gain all of those strokes putting, but he's still putting in a top 10 performance in that. And so that is kind of that. I unfortunately didn't play Mark Howell in my lineup but that's the theory of playing the ball strikers coming to fruition where he has a hot week with the putter and he's able to take home that win. So is he a potential fade because he had like a one or 2% outcome last week and now he's going to come back to reality this week. Is that sort of the expectations? He's an interesting one for me this week. He got a, he got a price hike. So he was 9,200 last week and now he's up to 10 K on DraftKings this week. So stronger field and he went up $800 in price tag. So he's probably a little overpriced, but he's also just playing really solid golf for the most part. He missed the cut at the Travelers, but other than that, he's been pretty solid. I, I, I'll probably lean towards a fade this week, but I can't fault anyone for going back to the well. It, it does seem like the the previous week's winner tends to not get a ton of attention the next week. So it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. There's just so many good golfers this week. It's, it's really going to be interesting to see how ownership ends up. Yeah, you mentioned ownership. Ownership, of course, is free this week on Lineup HQ, and this is super, super early. We're recording this on a Tuesday. The ownership is fluid for what it's worth. Morikawa, uh, 10K is the asking price on DK, and the ownership projection as of right now, of course, again, this will change, is 14.3%. Uh, the highest owned guy, let's talk about the second highest owned guy, because this is the most interesting name, name I suppose. Uh, Tiger Woods, 19.7% owned. Uh, currently, uh, well, he's at a nine. I say currently. The price is not going to change. He'll be 9K today, tomorrow. And that lock, uh, what do we do with Tiger? Is that the appropriate price? I was looking at Vegas. He's 26 to 1. I imagine there's probably a curve to some degree because people just bet Tiger. Is that the appropriate odds? Should it be worse? Should it be better? And, of course, this is his first time uh, on this course, amongst other guys, too. Uh, DeChambeau is coming out as well, too. So let's speak to Tiger specifically as far as his chances. And then I'm curious your thoughts as far as guys that are coming out for the first time on this course while other guys are face, uh, doing it the second time again. A little bit of tinkering, but they probably have a slight advantage in from playing last week. Tiger first. Interesting spot with Tiger this week. I think 
DraftKings putting him at 9K definitely makes things interesting. I was expecting him to be more in the high 9K, maybe even 10K range. So that price tag certainly brings him into play. It's a little bit difficult with the unknowns just because we haven't seen him in several months at this point outside of the the match that he did with Phil and Brady and Peyton. So I don't know how much stock he can put into that for, for what it's worth. He, he looked incredible during that, but I mean, I'm not putting a ton of stock there, but I think Tiger's a pretty good play at that price. Now, yeah, and something like the Millie Maker, I'm sure he's going to get his ownership. People want to play Tiger because they want to watch Tiger and, and root yeah. for him, but I think he's very much in play at 9K salary. I mean, he's he's certainly not the Tiger of old, but he's still one of the best golfers in the world. Yeah, I guess DK's screwing with you. Like if they, they could have put him at 10-5 and he'd be kind of sort of like more ignored, but at 9K, I mean, are you generally a Tiger? I know some guys, uh, Noto's a Tiger guy. Like whatever he is, he plays him, at least one lineup. Uh, are you generally somebody that plays him? I know you have your guys you like, you guys you don't like. Where are you at in Tiger generally? So generally, generally I find that DK tends to overprice Tiger. And they didn't do that this week. So I'm considering him for for sure. I think that – I think he's like – there's a, t- a pretty significant tier drop-off after him at 9K. So I think he's he's kind of like the bottom half of that tier from a price perspective. And, I mean, I'm, I'm 100% a Tiger guy, just huge fan – even if I don't play him, I'm always rooting for him every week. I just think it's great for golf when Tiger wins and Tiger does well. But, yeah, the, I think DK probably intentionally bumped that price down to to create a little buzz. And just in yeah. general, I think you've seen it across Twitter, people saying that pricing is, is quote-unquote, softer this week. But that's what it's always like with these strong fields. I mean, there's just a lot of good golfers. So I think that will lead to ownership being pretty spread out across the board. So my advice would just be, Take the guys you like and play them. I wouldn't overthink ownership this week with so many good options on the board. Yeah, general thoughts. Uh, Tiger playing this course for the first time. Uh, Buff Bryson playing the course for the first time. I'm sure there's a bunch of other guys that are here just for the first week. Didn't play last week. He said it's a stronger field. Do you have any general thoughts? How much weight do you put into, well, this guy played the course last week as opposed to this guy's playing it for the first time this week? I'm trying not to, to put too much weight onto that, trying to just – treat it the same way as I would with any recent form. I think, especially up at the top, I mean, guys like Bryson, Rory, DJ, Tiger, they didn't play last week, and I'm, I'm not going to penalize them for not playing last week. Now, maybe there are some guys more in the value range. I mean, I think a guy like Kevin Strillman popped out to me as someone who seems like a good value off the jump and also played last week and played well last week. So to me, it's a little bit more of a, a pot sweetener than a, I'm not going to play someone just because they played last week, but if I already like them and they played last week and played well last week, that certainly gives them a little bit of bump in, in my book, at least. So I played a good bit of Cantley last week. I know a lot of, a lot of the guys here at RG liked him. And am I right in saying that he looks a little bit underpriced compared to the guys around him? Yeah, that was the first thing that stuck out to me. Cantlay was, I think, the most popular golfer last week. If, if not the absolute most popular, he was at least one of the top two or three most owned. And he was priced at 10-6. And now he, he bumps down to 9,800. 
he ended up having an incredible Sunday, backdoored his way into, a, I think, a T7 finish. So I think he jumps off the board as he'll probably be the highest-owned golfer again. I would, I would have, like, I don't, I don't see why his price came down. And he also is the defending champ at the Memorial. So he's kind of checking every box that you could look at. And I'm just a can't lay guy in general. So he's certainly well in consideration to me for my main lineup. Similarly with Hideki, I would say the same thing. He also came down in price. He, he struggled a bit down the stretch last week. Let's see. He ended up 22nd. So not a great finish. I mean, had a, had a typical Hideki week, gained strokes, nine strokes off the tee and lost two and a half strokes putting. But he's another guy that I think is potentially underpriced in this field. And I mean, that whole 9K range is, is full of good golfers. John Rahm at 9,300. I don't think, I can't remember seeing John Rahm ever that low. I'm not typically a John Rahm guy, but that, that price certainly gets me interesting. There's going to be some really tight decisions to be made this week. And I think, you, like I said, don't worry about ownership. Pick the guys you like and, and go overweight on them. Hey, right in that price, there's somebody you missed. You didn't say, I don't know if you missed them intentionally, but uh, Rose, who uh, he was a disaster last week. A, a, a Twitter search tells me that people despise this guy. The ownership projection is certainly low. He's right next to Tiger uh, as far as the asking price. So he seems like an interesting tournament pivot, if nothing else. Um, yeah. What up with Rose? Oh, Rose. I played him on my main FanDuel lineup last week. <laughs> I, I think I tried to play him on round one and round two showdowns. And, oh, I, I can't get myself to go back to him. I mean, I know I'm pretty sure last week I said that you shouldn't let one bad week, you know, impact your decision-making too much. But, I mean, my goodness. I think I saw on Thursday he, like, literally hit four chips that went, like, a couple feet. I don't even know – What's going on with him? He couldn't make a putt inside 10 feet to save his life. He was so just So we can terrible. kind of explain it away with that? Can we explain it away with that? Like, he just he was in the bad side of putting variance? Can we do that or not so much? No, because I, I think it was more than just that. Let's see. I'll take a look here. Yeah, he was just horrible at everything. Lost six strokes tee to green. Lost two and a half around the green. Lost three and a half putting. Just a horrible performance. I, I think – if you want to play the ownership angle, he's not going to be owned, in my opinion. But I just think there's too many strong golfers around him to to go with someone who put on that poor of a showing. <laughs> and it could it could be my personal bias. And yeah. I saw that notice of the same thing in his article. But, I mean, I, I can't take that pain two weeks in a row. He's going to be a fade for me. I think I saw Noto's tweet about uh, they're They were talking about how much guys should be or – Basically saying he should be free this week or something like that. Like nobody <laughs> wants him, and he's got a lot of stink on him. But like again, if we're gonna play the ownership game and you're playing the millionaire and you're shooting for first place, I don't know. Like again, I know nothing. To be clear, I, if it's not clear, I don't. I know very little about golf. Uh, like I'm, I'm lucky I'm not some of these guys' names. But uh, just from an ownership perspective, and I, it's my understanding that he was a good golfer at one point, maybe not too long ago. Uh, you know, uh, bust out that Men in Black wand and you, you mind eraser kind of thing, and pretend like nothing happened last week. Um, hey. This 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 nine point one k. I was listening to we mentioned Tambo. I was listening to his podcast, the Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast, which I didn't get a chance to listen to the whole thing. But there, uh, his co-host went on a rant about uh, is it uh, Brooks? Gosh, I never get this name right. Kopic? Kepka, Kepka, Kepka. Uh, basically implied, I think via a tweet that uh, Buff Bryson was buff for a very specific reason. Uh, Correct. Like, is it, what? Uh, he was like shooting up or whatever. I don't know. 
it, it, basically there's an implication that he was doing uh, something illegal. There's a reason why he's buff, not necessarily those 72 shakes he's taking a day. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? And then I want to combine that with, I heard another golfer, was it Bubba Watson maybe? Just speaking to the concept of how much it matters you're pairing because like that's like you're, it's my understanding you play against the course, right? But how much do pairings matter? Because I hear people talk about like, oh, you're paired with Tiger, you're paired with this guy and that's good and that's bad. How much do you care about that? How much do you think it matters to the players? A couple of great points here. So yeah, going back to, first off, I did listen to that podcast as well. And Kenny Kim absolutely went off. <laughs> he was, he was going crazy. If anyone hasn't listened, I recommend it was, he spent like the first five minutes of the podcast going off on a rant about how he lost respect for Brooks Kepka. But yeah, basically Kepka tweeted out some sort of gif that was, so Bryson had the incident where he was unhappy with one of the cameramen for, I guess, following him, following him around after a poor shot. And so yeah. Brooks's tweet was basically implying that that was roid rage. Roid and that's rage, why okay. Bryson freaked out there. So, I mean, obviously I think everyone knows by now Bryson is, is the number one topping in golf just with the way he's hitting the ball and the way he's bulked up over quarantine and averaging 350 yards off the tee. So yeah, everyone was excited for a, Brooks Bryson pairing this yeah. week you would think that'd be the easiest thing in the world for the PGA to do and they didn't do it they didn't put them together so I think everyone's a little bit disappointed that we're not going to get that on well, Thursday how do they decide though? like they, they do it for entertainment purposes just to cut they want these guys to be uh to, to be for the most interesting pairing possible like how is it random drawing how do they decide the pairings no they, they pick the pairings for the first two rounds so don't know them I think I think Tiger and Brooks might be together so they basically pick the featured groups and these will be the the groups that if you go on to the NBC Sports Gold app or whatever it's called you'll you'll get to see every shot from those groups and so yeah yeah, they everyone was assuming that yeah okay of course no brainer they'll put Bryson and Brooks together in the same group That, that unfortunately didn't happen ratings yeah for the ratings and then once you get to Saturday and Sunday the groups are based on the, the leaderboard, right? Yeah. So obviously on Sunday, we know that the leaders are teeing off last. So yeah, they they tend to put the the big names with the big names early on just so that they can use that for TV ratings purposes. And going back to the Bubba Watson comment, yeah, he someone had asked him a question two or three weeks ago around mm-hmm. whether or not who he plays with has an impact on his game. And, and he, he seemed to say that, hell yeah, it does. So I was a little bit surprised to hear that. I, I would have assumed, like you said, that you're just playing yourself against the course. But I guess it depends on the personality. Bubba's kind of a laid back like guy that just likes to go out there, have a good time, maybe joke around a little bit. So I think that there's some guys that if you're playing with them, you have some interaction, you have some conversation throughout the round. There's other guys that they're just focused on them and they're just playing their game. And so, and and there's other guys that like play slow. I mean, that's another thing that Bryson is well known for is just being a a slow golfer and taking a lot of times on every shot and a lot of decision-making. So I don't, I don't really look at the pairings that or let that affect my decision-making, but yeah, I I just thought it was an interesting conversation. They asked Bubba and he said like, do you want the PC answer or do you want the real answer? Yeah. Like, like, I'll tell you the real answer. uh, And then he shot a 79 in round one and people were trying to connect the dots. And I was saying like, maybe he was talking about this guy, whoever he's paired with. uh, And he was a disaster last week. Um, I don't remember who the guy was. You probably know who he played with, but um, maybe if you ever see him with this guy going forward, you kind of cross him out. uh, Yeah. A little X-Bime or something. 
Uh, lineup construction this week. You're talking about guys being, you know, uh, it's, it feels like kind of a soft uh, from a salary perspective. And you, you talked about liking a lot of guys in the 9K range. Um, of course, you know, DeChambeau, the way he's been hitting is absolutely incredible. And I think he's the odds-on favorite, you know, odds-on favorite, 10 to 1, 11 to 1, or something like that in the sportsbook right now. Uh, actually, you know, it's Thomas. I misspoke. Thomas is not 9.5 to 1, and DeChambeau is 10.5 to 1 for what it's worth. They're basically co-favorites right now. Uh, how much do we want to grab DeChambeau, or how much do we want to focus on guys in the 9K? What's your general line of construction this week? Definitely an interesting week with the strength of field. For me personally, I'm leaning towards grabbing two, maybe even three guys from the 9K range. Like I mentioned briefly before, I think that the drop-off from the 9K range to the 8K range is pretty significant in terms of just like win equity. I think that there's plenty of, of good golfers in the 8K range for sure. But I think once you get into like the Tiger, Brooks, John Rahm, you get a lot more win equity. So I think that I think we'll see a lot of different constructions. I think one will definitely be you can have three 9K guys and then fill around values from there. You'll also see people going up to the top that want to play Bryson in particular. I think he'll be the highest owned of the the 10K plus guys. And then if you're going to Bryson, it, it's it's hard to go Bryson and a 9K guy. I mean, you can Bryson 9K guy and then seek out some value there. So I haven't finished or published my value article this week, but I'm going to try and bring in a little more lower priced guys than I did last week and and focus really on 7,500 and under, just because if you want to get a Bryson or Justin Thomas or Rory into your lineup, you may need to dip into the low 7Ks and maybe even the 6Ks. So I think it's an interesting week. I don't think there's one clear optimal construction i think there's a ton of different ways you can go which makes for a really interesting tournament week in specific yeah living in a world of a salary camp can't, can't just load up on all the expensive guys uh give me uh your article is not out of course it's premium as well uh that was free last week but just give me one guy give me one guy you're writing up you're writing up a bunch of dudes give, give me a tease give me one guy you like that's a cheapie i think adam hadwin is i think he's getting a little bit of buzz too so this isn't Maybe I can give one more off the board one too, but Adam Hadwin at 7,400 seems like someone that is coming in and is pretty underpriced. He was 8,200 last week and I think he finished like 30th or something like that, 35th. So didn't really do anything spectacular, but also nothing bad and and goes from 8,200 down to 7,400. And he was someone that a lot of people considered and, and played in their cash game lineups last week so I think at 7400 he's a pretty solid option he's made all four of his cuts since the restart and is just a pretty solid all-around golfer so I could see right in that mid 7k like him and I mentioned Kevin Strillman briefly I can see those two being popular guys as we go a little bit lower I think two really interesting ones are guys that Everyone wanted to play last week and then just totally blew up. And we have Harold Barner, who, who we talked about last week, and then Joel Damon. So Damon was 7,700 last week. Varner was 7,500. They're both 7,100 this week. And, I mean, Damon was horrible, 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 horrible last week in just about every sense of the word. And that's not typical of him. He's typically a guy that is pretty steady, a guy that makes a lot of cuts, a guy that's great 
a guy that's great with his ball striking, but I mean, he, he lost 10 and a half strokes tee to green and five and a half strokes putting. So, I mean, that's just horrible performance and, and nobody's going to want to play him this week or, or maybe they will. I, I'm actually very curious to see because everyone played him last week. His one bad week. Is everyone going to jump off or are people still going to play him? I, I'm definitely scared because I, I played him last week and it was just dead from the start, but him and Varner, are interesting ones and probably good ones to go back to in tournaments if nobody's going to want to play them. All right. So not giving anything away. That's not already been given away. The lineup HQ is free this week. Yourself, Noto, Cards, Tambo, you guys all have your conviction plays on there amongst other things. Hadwin's on there as one of your conviction plays. Uh, is this dude live here at 6.3 K? This Tyler Duncan <laughs> character, was this a misclick or is this a real person? So, so I was asked last week to have all of my conviction plays be value guys because basically okay. last week caught like between the four of us, we all picked very similar guys. Like I think we all had can't lay. So they, they told me to focus on lower priced guys. So, and I, I haven't fully finished them. I only have two and now there'll be more coming up shortly. So everyone will be able to see those. I'll also add some, some more color right up there. So, yeah, Tyler Duncan is someone that I have played previously this year and has been pretty consistent since the restart. I think he's was four of four, made cuts. And, again, it's not – I'm not uh, necessarily recommending these guys as safe plays, but just trying to sprinkle in some cheap values for – if you find yourself in a situation where, where you need some guys that are under 7K and, and you need to fill those spots, where should we be looking? So that that's kind of the backstory there. Puts me in a tough spot, I guess, because, of course, anyone that, that is that price is, is always live to miss a cut. But yeah. at the same time, nailing those value plays is key. I mean, that Chase Cypher last week was like top five, and he was 6,200. He was actually a guy that I played in my main FanDuel lineup at at stone minimum 7k last week so it can it, it can certainly happen some of these lower priced guys can pop up and, and have a good showing and is definitely key to to building a winning lineup so yeah Duncan's definitely someone I'm considering on on both sites and I often like to go with some cheap guys on FanDuel so definitely in play for me there I think he's 7500 on FanDuel yeah, uh, and DK, what, you have 8.3 per player, and if you throw them in there, now all of a sudden you get 8.7 to play with. And, you know, if you have a lineup where you have your three studs, or your three 9K guys, and he makes everything work, you know, he, he makes that salary cap work, I guess, uh, you know, <laughs> all he's got to do is make the cut, basically, right? I think. Yeah. <laughs> one, one other interesting strategy note for this week is that Last week, I think there were 155 people in the field, and this week there's 133. Oh. So 20 less players, which obviously makes it a lot easier to make the cut. So I would anticipate, again, it depends on how the chalk goes, but I would anticipate a higher 6 of 6 rate than we've seen recently because now you're at the point where 50% of the field is making the cut versus like, you know, 40% or whatever. So I think that is a difference as well. And I think last week we had talked about the implications of the the cut change rule from top 70 in ties to top 65. And that I believe was a direct impact again last week. Cause I think the cut line was like top 67 or 68 or something. So again, yeah. like Max Homa would have made the cut if it was last year. 
Yeah, wouldn't I could have. I wouldn't have had to make that tweet. <laughs> I could have had, had six, six of six. six. You could have been a millionaire. Yeah, well, I didn't play that contest, but I could have been like a million thousand air or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, one more guy that's, that's that's popping here in the lineup HQ, uh, a guy that I played last week. I think he got a price hike, but I guess it's not too much higher. Uh, it's, I guess it's you know it's fair enough. Well, your thoughts on Gary Woodland? Yep. Yeah, Gary Woodland was a solid play last week. I think he came in at like 25% ownership in a lot of contests, so he was a pretty chalky play and ended up with a very strong finish. I think he found himself into the top five after Sunday. He's a guy that is typically a, a great approach player. He's a guy that a lot of people like to go to on a course where you can take less than driver off the tee. I think when, when Gary gets the driver in his hand, he can be a little bit all over the place. But if he can take a, a three-wood or an iron off the tee, he's a very strong approach player. So he is certainly in play again this week. I mean, it's worth noting he gained seven putts, seven strokes putting. So definitely had a hot putter last week. But it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. He was 8,300 last week. He's now 8,600. A stronger field. I think people will go back to him, but like I said, then you know he's so close in price to like Tiger and Brooks, so it's tough. I just think that a Tiger and a Brooks has a lot more upside and win equity. But I mean, Woodland was top five last week, so he can certainly do it too. He's definitely a good play and somebody that people will be on. Give me a, a big name that you're most likely not to be on. Uh, you uh, you know reserve the right to change your name, uh, to, to change your mind as the week progresses. Of course, we're recording this on a Tuesday. Um, and you basically, my understanding, you have one main lineup. Of course, also changes depending on the site, salary, yada, yada. Uh, but is there somebody that uh, is a pretty big name that you're probably not going to land on well, for whatever reason? I think Dustin Johnson is a little bit overpriced this week. I know he, he won recently. I guess it was in his last time out. He got the win. And, I mean, I think he was recently priced in, in the 8Ks. He was like 8,500, and nobody really wanted to play him. And then he gets a win, and now he's 10.3K <laughs> in the strongest field that you could basically possibly see. So I think that is overpriced for him. Now, granted, he was the best player in the world for a while, so maybe he's back. But prior to that win, he was definitely struggling a bit. So I think that he's somebody that that I'm not super interested in. I'd rather go up above him to to get into the Rory Bryson type of range or or get down into the 9K guys. So he'll he'll be low-owned, though. I don't think a ton of people are going to go there. So, yeah, yeah, for what it's worth, uh, ownership projection, I'm, I'm looking at it right now, is amongst the elite prices, he's got the lowest ownership projection all the way down to 9.2K for what it's worth. Um, yep, so, that doesn't yeah. surprise me. Uh, have you taken a peek at the Vegas odds just yet? Have, have you had a chance to look at that? I have, yeah. So uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, g- g- give me some winners. Who are we firing at? I, I think this is a week where – one of the the stud golfers is going to win. And when I say stud golfers, again, I'm thinking that like tiger and up kind of range. So somebody that's 30 to one or shorter, that's again, my personal view. I just think that when you get in these strong fields, it's so hard for 
you know, somebody that's a hundred to one to beat all of these golfers in one weekend. I mean, we even saw it last weekend, right? The final three down the stretch, you've got Justin Thomas, Colin Morikawa, and Victor Hovland. You've got three guys that were all 30 to one or shorter down the stretch. And, and I just think that with a field this strong, that's what we'll end up seeing. So that said, let me checking out the prices here. I mean, Rom seems like a good outright bet kind of guy. I talked about that with him a little bit last week where he's, he hasn't been great lately, but he's also the guy that can just spike and, and get a top five or, or a win out of nowhere. And I think he's like 22 to one or something like that. So uh, 20 to one currently on DK 20 to one. Okay. Yeah. So, so Rom's an interesting one for there. I mean, like you said about t- Tiger's always going to be, <laughs> Over like yeah, overpriced. I would say just because people are going to bet Tiger no matter what, so it's it's tough to get odds that you like on him. I think it's interesting week to bet Rory. What's Rory at on DK? Thirteen to one. Thirteen to one. Yeah, I mean, he's maybe Bryson has overtaken him as the best golfer in the world, but you don't often get Rory at thirteen to one. Usually he's ten ten to one or shorter. So if you want someone that that's really short odds. I think Rory is an interesting one to look at. I also like can't lay again. So, but yeah, I would really say it's, I mean, let's see, I can look at some of these lower price guys, maybe like a Patrick Reed at the 50 to one type of range. He was all over the place again last week. I played him in showdown and then he was just horrible. That was, (laughs) that was a nightmare, but I mean, if he eliminates those bad rounds, he, he has the ability to go low. So for, for someone that's like 50 and longer, Hey, Rose is 60 to one. Rose is 60 to one. Wow. That's actually, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's, yeah, that's the kind of guy that you want to target in the long, in the long, in my opinion, because he's a elite type of tier golfer that, I mean, 60 to one is not a bad number for him. I I, I can't do it just because he's dead to me after last week, but Paul Casey is another one. I like Paul Casey. What's he? 70 ish. 70 to one. Yeah. I like that as well. I also like him as a DraftKings play at 7,900. Another, another guy that, that can't putt. I was going to ask who's going to win, but it sounds like you, you, you think Rory has uh, got the best chance to win. I mean, I think Bryson, but, that, but that's, you know, that's the chalk pick. I still think he has the best chance to win. And if I had, if I had to pick three guys, I would say Bryson, Rory, and Cantlay are my three favorites. But they're, they're also three of the yeah. favorites. But I, I really do think it's a week where – one of the best golfers is, is going to win this thing. I think, especially with the course playing a little tougher, like tougher courses always yields the better golfers rising to the top, the guys that are going to avoid the big numbers, the guys that are going to get up and down for par when they need to. When you, when you have some of the, the more birdie fest type of weekends, that's more when anyone can come out and get a hot putter and win. So I think that the course should be a little bit more challenging, which should allow the, the top end golfers to rise toward the top come Sunday. All right, let's play the let's play the tiers. First tier. All right. Uh, we oh got Deshambo. I haven't looked at this at all yet, so let's do it. So we blind. <laughs> Deshambo is the three man, the first tier. Uh, Tom, mm-hmm. Justin Thomas, Deshambo, and McElroy. Oof. I think I'll go Bryson here. I think Bryson is is just too good right now. I mean, all three of them are amazing plays, but, but let's go Bryson. Cantley, Rom, uh, Dustin Johnson, Hovland, or Brooks. Hey, I can never get that guy's name right. I, Tough one. Kepka. Kepka. Man. Kepka. I know just, it's not how it looks. Just That's like ignore the O, basically. Ah, you know what? That makes a yeah. lot of sense. Thank you. 
<laughs> Did you forget the names now? It's Cantley, Rom, Johnson. Cantley, let's go Cantley. I, I was on him last week. I'm going to be on him again this week. I'll, I'll continue to plant my fat flag with Cantley. They got Tiger in the third tier. Tiger, Simpson, uh, Morikawa, Matsuyama, Justin Rose, and Xander. Ooh, that's a fun one. Shafell. Did I get that wrong? Oh, I got that wrong again. Unbelievable. Uh, I got that wrong last podcast. That's a a throwback. Back to back weeks. I mean, it's the return of Tiger. Let's let's get Tiger in there. Oh, boy. (laughs) Us and everyone else. Uh, Woodland is his tier four. Woodland, Reed, Fitzpatrick, uh, Kucher, Fowler, Jason Day, and feel free like to add like a nugget or two. Like if any of these guys is worth yeah. mentioning, uh, like you know, you know, interesting as far as the course, mm-hmm. as far as our recent form and all that. Mm-hmm. So we talked about Woodland a bit. Definitely like him. Fowler, I mentioned I'm not a, a huge Fowler guy. I, I think Woodland maybe is the best in this, but I like. I'm, let's go with Patrick Reed. I think I, I still just see a big week coming for him in the future and I'm going to probably keep playing him and, and complaining about it until he has that big week and, and makes up for it. So I, I like Patrick Reed. I think he's just a guy that, that has that ability to go low. He's a guy that's good around the greens. And when the course is playing a little bit more difficult, he'll be able to get those up and downs. So Patrick Reed. It's the, the Martingale strategy, right? Eventually. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hit. Keep doubling down. It's got to hit. <laughs> uh, Burger answer. Answer for what it's worth. I saw looking very popular from an ownership perspective, at least on Tuesday. Of course, I understand there's a matter in the tiers. He's 8.5K. Burger answer. Casey M. Banu and Neiman. Who's interesting here? We didn't touch on Burger at all. He's an interesting one. I mean, he was, he's been hot so far this year. I haven't been playing him at all but i mean the last the the two starts he's had since the reset he got a win in a in a three so he's an interesting one i haven't heard too many people talk about him so i'll be curious to see how that plays out tony finau is a guy that i always am on he just always kind of falls into that value range for me he's a a pretty decent Ball striker, pretty decent on approach. Um, M, Sanjay M is just not quite doing it for me lately. He's struggling a little bit on his approach in terms of proximity. Like when I'm following him on Shot Tracker, he seems to have a lot of like 30 footers for birdie, which is not what you want. You want the guys that are in there a little tighter. So but is that accurate? Because I hear Shot Tracker is a uh, all over the place. <laughs> that is true. You get some wild stuff there. You can't always <laughs> trust it. But but Abraham Answer has been has been my guy a bit this year, so I, I was saving him for last because he, he's the guy that I like the most in this tier. I think. Why is golf so really terrible at their presentation? Strong. I know it's not your. I mean, I don't know how you answer that, Sunday but. wasn't even on TV. You had to watch on the app. Like that's crazy. What's on instead? Wait, the golf, are they just talking uh, during the, the broadcast, or not, they're not showing any action, or what? What's going on? I know. So because there was weather later in the day they moved all the tea times up to be earlier yeah typically the golf coverage won't start until like 2 p.m eastern yeah so i I guess because of that they just didn't have an open tv slot and so they just put it on the app like they couldn't mix around like the freaking news or whatever was on like and then you got a amazing finish and a playoff like it's crazy that they could not 
find a way to get that on TV somewhere. The and golf network couldn't make that happen somehow. Like, yeah. I don't understand. And then, and then when you watch it, they just kill it with commercials. I mean, it's it's oh. awful. I feel like you just get crushed with commercials. And I think there's so much opportunity for showing more golfers, more shots. I think that they should be doing more with the cut sweats on Friday. We could go on a rant about this, but I think it's a, a known thing across the industry that they got to find a way to do a better job here if they really want people to get into golf, especially with live betting. There's a huge yeah. opportunity here. And, and now more than ever, when at least for the next week or two, golf's <laughs> the sport right now, and, and it's going to have its competition coming up as MLB and basketball get back running. Yeah. Uh, and Bowie, is, why is there not a golf red zone? Like, that right. would be amazing, wouldn't that it? That would be fantastic. Okay, I'm just, throwing, I'm just throwing it out there. I mean, I, I'm sure I'm not the first person to think of this. That seems like a very uh, yeah. simple idea. Nah, believe me, I, I mean, maybe it must just not make sense from a, a money perspective, but I don't I know. Guess. Throw, don't, throw GoPros on the caddies or something. I, I've heard people say that. Just throw a GoPro on the caddy. Like, I don't know. It doesn't need to be perfect footage. Just let us see what our golfers are doing. Yeah, you don't need an announcer. You can, yeah, you just sort of show yeah. what's going on. Like, I have some graphics on the screen or whatever. Yeah, whatever. This seems kind of silly. I, I wasn't looking for it because I was not live. I had five of six. But if I had six of six and I had a good lineup, I would try to watch it. Uh, right. I don't want to. I don't. I don't watch golf unless I'm live. Unless I have something. Yeah. Um, but it's just weird. They don't. And again, there's a bunch of new eyeballs on it as well too. All right. Uh, last year, I'll just give me some factoids or tell me who jumps out. I'll pick somebody blind or based mm-hmm. upon that. I don't want to pick a lineup and let it be known. But uh, we have uh, Redmond Garcia on Spieth. Horschel, Leishman, Sabatini, and Ian Holter? Yep. Interesting range here. So Doc Redman did not play last week, but he was a guy that had been pretty hot prior to last week and somebody that that I have been on. So I've been taking another look at him here. He's just a guy that's a solid ball striker and has been playing pretty well recently. Sabatini was a guy that I wrote in my article last week. Two weeks ago, he had – a Joel Damon like performance and just just Oof. played horribly and missed the cut. And then one of my things was that you can go back to him last week at low ownership. And I think he came in at like two or three percent owned and he crushed. He struggled he struggled on Sunday, but he still ended up in seventeenth. In I think he he was in the top ten going into Sunday and then shot over par. But he also he had multiple Eagles and a couple other Eagle looks. So I think Sabatini and Horschel are in that same boat. They they both had good showings last week and didn't change at all from a pricing perspective. So I would say that you know, those two and Redmond are, are the guys I like in that range. I think I've given my take on Spieth that not a big Spieth guy. And then, Oh, Ben on I played Ben on last week and I, I might just, I might have to quit him. <laughs> just too frustrating to watch. I mean, he put one in the water and then dropped and he was like 40 yards away and then he put it in the water again. Like, yeah. come on, you can't put it in the water twice on one hole. So, well, doesn't he drop it at the, the spot where the water is? Where he took the isn't? I yeah. play a lot of like golf on the video games. Like, can't you just, <laughs> just put it where he's still getting get it past the water the second time? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 Hence the frustration. And then, and then he he he's like six under on the front nine on Friday, and then gets himself within the cut line, and then like bogeys two holes on the back nine to miss the cut so just brings in the full you know you think he's dead on thursday he teases you on the front nine friday and then misses the cut anyways so he's a roller coaster but i'm sure i'll i'll forgive him one day 
Much appreciate your time talking about this upcoming contest. Uh, give me your final thoughts. Uh, anything maybe you want to reiterate? Anything we may have missed? Final thoughts as far as uh, this tournament this weekend. Going to be an awesome tournament. We've got, I believe, 48 of the top 50 ranked golfers in the world. Everyone except for Tommy Fleetwood and Adam Scott is in the field. We've got the return of the big cat, Tiger Woods. We've got Bryson back. We've got the Bryson Brooks narrative. There's a lot going on here. We've got the the old guard guys, and we've got the, the new hot shots, Morikawa, Hovland. Exciting week overall. Again, so many good players that I don't think ownership is going to get too crazy on any given person. So pick the guys you like, play them, and good luck, everyone. Excited for another great week of golf. I, I think we're going to have another exciting finish on Sunday, just like we did this past week. Also want to reiterate, once again, if you're not aware, if uh, you didn't catch it the first time around, I'm not really sure how you just catch it at the end because you probably listened to the whole podcast through. Maybe you jump in the middle. I don't know. But Lineup HQ, it's free. It's free this week here at RG. Projections as well. All the good stuff there. All the goodies at Lineup HQ. Uh, the PGA Build Show, Wednesday night, SDL cards and Tambo. That's free as well. They'll show you how to build that 150 lineups, and you can do that for free in the free roll that uh, we have, are running as well, too. The link, I believe, is on the Roto-Grinders uh, Twitter page. I'm sure you can find it on Roto-Grinders.com as well. Uh, $5,000 PGA free roll for FanDuel. Uh, and also check out TJ's show on Monday with Tambo, the lineup review show. That's up on YouTube. I'm sure it's up on Roto-Grinders.com as well. Uh, the YouTube, the Roto-Grinders YouTube page. That said, uh, TJ, much thanks for your time. I appreciate it. This was Golf. I was Dean. This was also the Morning Grind. We're out of here. Holler. Mm-hmm.